you're in the chair. Indica puts you in the chair. Sativa is more like a brain high. You're a bit more talkative and sometimes giggly. Zeddy, how do you know this? Uh, Nikola Tesla. Uh-huh. Or maybe father. Father knows everything. Okay. Anyway, go on with your stoner dog story. Well, it's not about stoner dogs, stupid. It's about how this dog sniffed out a big drug bust. Oh, somebody is sad tonight. Anyway, you can learn more about this story on our Facebook page. And maybe father will post a good article about CBD for dogs, too. What? It's legal in California. Digging deep in doggo hell. Which brings us to our next segment, CBD for dogs. Have we tried it? Yes. Did it work? Who the fuck knows? We had a potential sponsor give us some samples of CBD that were made for dogs, but also was human grade. We were excited to try it, but honestly, I think it made Zeddy paranoid and made me extra tired. Paranoid? Me? When am I ever paranoid? <laughs> Come on. You freak out when Mama and Daddy leave for two seconds. Anyway, both me and Indy have aching hips sometimes, so we thought the CBD would help us, but like Indy said, it didn't do much. However, it could have been the brand, which we won't name here since it's a fairly new company, and maybe they just need to get the kink out. And since it's human grade, mother and father are just going to keep it for themselves to, you know, maybe use it for themselves sometime. But let's be honest, when they're in real pain, they'll probably just reach for the real stuff. Wait, you mean pot or like Advil? (laughs) I don't know. I don't sniff everything that they put in their mouth. I'd love to. Anyway, some fleshies swear by CBD, and I think it did help mother's back pain when she was in that time machine accident. Yeah, because she didn't want to take ibuprofen day in, day out. But if you're going to try CBD for any of your dog's ailments, make sure you do your due diligence and research to find the right one that works best for your doggo. Is that our new disclaimer? No, no, I'm working on it still. Jeez, how long is this going to take? You know, I was thinking about adding another do and due diligence, you know, like do due diligence. Hee <laughs> hee, do do. Do 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 diligence. Yeah, just when we talked about how eyebrow our show is becoming. Oh, brother. Breed of the week. Do do. And finally, in today's Breed of the Week, we are highlighting our guest doggo, the German Shepherd. Wait, didn't we already do the German Shepherd? Not yet. How is that possible? The German Shepherd is like the most beloved dog in the United States. I think that's actually the Golden Retriever. Lame. But German Shepherds are one of the most popular guard dogs for sure. Well, they're loyal, smart, big, and scary. Well, they're not scary. They're puppy dogs. Ah, you're right. I'm not scared of them. I mean, maybe just that one down the street. Well, he's kind of scary. But I bet once you get to know him, he's great. Oh, like major. Anyway, German Shepherds are ranked number two in popularity by the American Kennel Club. See, I told you they were popular. Males can range from 24 to 26 inches in height, and the females can range from 22 to 24 inches in height. The boys can average 65 to a whopping 90 pounds, and the girls can be 50 to 70 pounds. Those are some heavy bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let mama hear you say that. Their life expectancy is 12 to 14 years, or as we like to say, too damn short. Characteristics include loyalty, intelligence, courage, and confidence. And they're willing to put their lives on the line in defense of their loved ones. No one knows this more than today's guest, one of our Fuck Kibble Patreons who reached out to us to tell us the story of her wonderful German Shepherd, Stife. Please welcome Angela London! Hi, 
Angela, thanks for being a guest at our show today. We brought you on because you reached out to us because you wanted to talk about something that you have been going through with your dog Ostife. It's something we've never heard of before, so we thought it would be great to have you on since you have first-hand experience with it. It's called degenerative myelopathy. Most fleshies call me a degenerate, but I think that's something different. Before we get into his condition, can you tell us just a little bit about Stife? Like, how you met? Uh, yeah. Stife is a long German Shepherd. Got him when he was 10 weeks old. He is now eight and a half, and he is just a big, loving teddy bear. He's named after a German teddy bear. Um, so yeah, he's just a big lug. We're well-versed with lugs. Now, when you first met Stife, was it a, like a meeting over online, or was it face-to-face before you decided that you were going to choose him as your doggo? Uh, I saw a picture of him online, and then I went over to his house and just immediately fell in love. And he came up to me and he just immediately he just went on his back and wanted me to rub his belly and it just was love at first sight. That's amazing. All right, so could you please tell us then how it all started with him? Um, yeah. Um, when Stife was six and a half, he started having like issues with his gait when he would walk and it starts with the hind legs and usually one leg and it was his right hind leg so he'd just kind of there'd be a hiccup when he would walk and then it went into you know he'd drag his feet a little bit and his toenails would scratch on the ground and then he'd begin to like knuckle where he'd kind of walk and knuckle his feet because his brain wasn't getting the information to flip his feet the right way um and then he just got wobbly and just more weakness. And when he'd walk, his hind legs would kind of cross over each other and he would trip and fall. And when he would run, he would bunny hop in the back and like wildly like bounce around in the back legs because there just wasn't the communication between his brain and his legs to run normally. Eventually, it got to the point where he wasn't able to use his hind legs anymore. And so he just was really strong up in front still. And he would just drag himself around with his front paws. And that's about the time actually before then um that i got a wheelchair for him so that helped a lot and he was able to you know run in his wheelchair and still play fetch and do all the things that you know dogs love to do go into the river by that time when you got the wheelchair was he already diagnosed with degenerative myelopathy um yeah he had seen oh i don't know numerous different you know regular veterinarians and two different neurologists and um they all kind of concurred that it was degenerative myelopathy. Did you have to have like an MRI or how did they uh, diagnose it? What's like blood tests or how would somebody find out? Uh, Well, he did a DNA test first and it came back as he had two of these mutated genes, um, which is not good. Um, It's the SOD1 gene. And if a dog has two of these mutated genes, they have a high probability of getting degenerative myelopathy. Uh, and he had two of them. Is that a DNA test that you got, you know, like these regular DNA tests that you get on Amazon for your dogs? Would somebody be able to use that to to find that gene? Oh, yes. Um, they're real easy to come by. You can get them online, you know, get them at the vet. Um, they're pretty inexpensive. Uh, so it's really easy a thing to do. Now, before he was fully diagnosed, when he started showing symptoms, was there any pain involved that he showed, like any signs of pain, or was it just the noticeable change in his gait and things of that sort? Um, in the general myelopathy, there is no pain. So that's one of the main signs that, you know, you can differentiate it from whether or not, you know, he had a spinal injury. So it's the only good thing about the disease is that there is no pain. Is that because it uh, it attacks the spinal cord system and the nervous system or is it just 
the DM, what it does is it attacks the um, coating on the fibers in the spine, the spinal cord that, you know, transmits the signal. So it's just he's not getting the sensory information back and forth. Just to clarify, would it be, uh, you know, the equivalent of becoming paralyzed for humans? Yes. It is very similar to ALS in humans. And how long has uh, Stife, uh, how, when did he get diagnosed? How, how long ago? Uh, well, he was six and a half when he started showing symptoms. And it was probably six months, I'd say, to go through the whole process of all the different vets and doing all the different tests. So, And then usually dogs will become paralyzed between six months to a year after being diagnosed and showing symptoms. And he was about a year that he, between when he first started having symptoms and when it became paralyzed in his hind legs. And what kind of treatments have you have you gone through, um, you know, to try to ease the situation? So the treatments that he did, he did hydrotherapy, um, he did electroacupuncture, he did laser therapy, you know, different massage therapy, um, cavalletti floor exercises, anything and everything to try to keep him mobile and his mobility as long as possible. And did you find that any of those worked better than the others? Was there anything in particular that you thought, oh, that was helpful? I think the hydrotherapy and the electroacupuncture were the two that I think, you know, may have helped. I'd like to think that they helped. I want to make, you know, that I something that I did might have helped him. How is Stife doing today? Currently, he is unable to walk. He's pretty much in a laying down position. His front end is really weak. So he has a full body harness that I have to pick him up. It has a handle between his shoulder blades and one over his pelvis and you have to pick him up and carry him around. He still is able to get into his wheelchair. It takes two people now. He used to be able to, you know, hold up his front end and I could get his back end in, but now he has no strength in his front end. So it takes two people to get him into it and then you have to hold him up and he can still, he moves his legs, but he can't hold himself up to actually use it. So it's just really just trying to keep him moving. Does Steve have to take any medication? Because, you know, now I'm on heart medication. It, it makes me a little constipated, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to work that out with the little pumpkin stuff my mother keeps giving me. So is there any kind of like daily medications that he has to take? No, there's no really medications or treatments. There's just, you know, supplements that you can try that, you know, might help. And, and Cosequin seems to help. Um, but, you know, I've tried, you know, turmeric and curcumin and different Chinese herbs and sorts of stuff, you know, to try to help him a little bit. I don't know if they work or not, but I still like to try. But really, there is no medications that they give them uh, unless they overuse like their front paws or they have anxiety issues, you know, because they, they can't walk anymore. Then they might get like an anti-anxiety medication. How is his uh, mental health? Is he Has he sort of like uh, realized that this is, you know, his life now? Or was there a time when he went through any kind of depression or anything? He still seems happy. You know, his puppy friends come over and visit with him. And we try to do like a, a modified fetch where we hold him up in his wheelchair and throw the ball and kind of run with him to, you know, still play fetch. And it's a lot of like mental stimulation, like, you know, snuffle mats and licky mats and puzzle toys. He has a doggy stroller that was built for him because he's a very large dog. And they just don't make a lot of products for dogs that large so we had to make him a doggy stroller so he goes and walks in that and then I got him a, a sled and we pulled him around in the wintertime in that uh, so he, he seems to still be mentally happy and okay I'm sure it bothers him that he can't you know when the other dogs come over he can't you know run around with them but as long as he's still happy he'll keep going how has this been on you it has been terrible <laughs> having to watch your best friend become paralyzed and slowly die it's just you know it's heartbreaking it's devastating 
it just leaves you emotionally broken. You know, and there's really, because there is no treatment that are known to work, there's just really nothing you can do except for watch it happen. So in terms of degenerative myelopathy, how do many dogs, what are their last days like? Do they tend to like have other issues with their, you know, organs or anything, any kind of organ failure? Or is it really just the, you know, being paralyzed? Um, yes. Uh, in the end stages, there is organ failure. Um, a lot of times they'll get pneumonia, um, have trouble breathing, and then, you know, they would die. But usually people make that hard decision before it gets to that point. And I know that it's been really hard for you because it's sort of like taking care of a newborn baby probably, right? I mean, like you have to change his diapers and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit of the process, the daily process that you have to go through? A lot of it, because right now he, you know, is unable to move and he is incontinent. So a lot of it is sanitary care. Um, just keeping him clean and dry and, you know, powdering his balls. Uh, never look at <laughs> powdered donut holes the same again. <laughs> and, uh, and if you're not powdering his balls, then, you know, it's the easy ointment, you know, and it's crotchy balls. So, it's, you know, I haven't done this much unenthusiastic ball handling uh, since I was forced to play t-ball in the first grade. <laughs> Is there any way that we can sign up for this powdering of the crotch without getting the DM? I have people say they wish that they were my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any less, uh, you know, anything else you want to say to our listeners out there? Um, just how important it is for DNA testing. And if you're thinking about breeding a dog or, you know, getting a puppy, um, making sure that the DNA testing has been done. You just, you don't want to end up where me and Cypher at. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's such an important thing. You know, I, we never looked at DNA testing like that because we always thought, well, hey, what does it matter what we are? But in this sense, it, it is very important. Like you said, if you're going to breed a dog, it's important to know whether or not they have this gene. Can you tell us again, our listeners, what the gene is called? It is the SOD1 gene. And it's the mutation in it that a dog has two of these bad genes. That means that they have a more of a likelihood, a high likelihood of developing degenerative myelopathy. And if they only have one, then it's less likely that they will, but there's still a chance. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today and enlightening us on this subject because we really had no idea. Also, thank you for being such a loyal Patreon and much love to your doggos, Stife and Tambo. Fuck you <laughs> Yeah, and thank you, Zeddy and Indy, you know, for helping to spread the awareness of this disease and Hopefully, you know, it will help other doggos and fleshies from having to ever have to go through this. And before you go, we're just going to do one quick thing, which is in honor of the French bulldog, Bernie Penois, here are questions that we always ask every one of our fleshy guests. Are you ready? Yes. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Day or night? Night. Chess or Scrabble? Mm, Scrabble. Fetch or cuddles? Cuddles. Vampires or werewolves? Werewolves. Boxers or terriers? Hmm. Oh, terriers are feisty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. Breakfast or dinner? Oh, breakfast. Breakfast for dinner. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Eggs all the way. <laughs> uh, mountains or the beach? Mountains. Scrambled or sunny side up? Scrambled. Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, waffles. Italian food or Mexican food? Mexican. Horror or comedy? Comedy. The power of flight or a tail? A tail. 
Invincibility or a tail? Uh, a tail. Everlasting life or a tail? A tail. <laughs> Unlimited amounts of bacon or a tail? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess I'll go with tail. Winning an Oscar or a tail? Oh, definitely a tail. Climbing Mount Everest or a tail? A tail. You win! You win! You you are our first <laughs> official guest that has said tail for every single one. Woohoo! And you answered Terry is right. Thank you again so much, Angela, for being our guest today. We really appreciate you having on. And thank you for giving us all this great information on degenerative myelopathy. I hope I said that right. Thanks for taking time out of your day and joining us today. Smell you later! Bye. Wow, that was truly enlightening. I have to say, I feel like we're really growing as our seasons go on. You know, we're not just talking about pee and poop and zoomy bones. I agree. I hope we're giving our listeners more than just silly laughs, although that stuff is great too. So, should we move on to our last segment? 865 reasons why having a dog is so much better than having a kid. Reason number 26. Fire! At first I was confused by this. It's not like we doggos know how to start a fire. Exactly. And it's not like we doggos smoke cigarettes or pot. Exactly. I mean, we're not even into burning incense or candles like those hippie vegans. Correctamundo, like Aussie would say. And it's not like we doggos are tall enough to turn on the stove. Exactly. So it's not like we doggos are going to be able to try and make ourselves a grilled cheese sandwich or some ramen and cause a kitchen fire that takes down your whole apartment or house and one fall swoop where you lose everything, including your pictures of you when you were young and skinny, and that's all you really had in life. Well, that just wouldn't happen to us because we don't play with fire. Ta-da! I'm thinking in the actual book, we just have a giant picture of a burning house. Oh, that'll get the point across. So there you have it, fleshies. Reason number 26. Fire! 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 listening to today's episode and as always a special shout out goes to our fuck kibble patreons who along with our other patreons keep this show going that's leisha larson olga ekman bailey lexi Teresa, willie walter and stife and tambo london you too can become a Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash the ZN Indie Show. There you'll learn how for as little as three bucks a month you can support our show. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages to learn more about all of today's topics. Thanks again to our special guest, Angela London. And until next time, smell, smell you later! later.